A lot of young people dream of building a rocket and blasting it off into space. But for Myrta, that dream actually became a reality when she got to university. The UQ space idea started because there were a few students that had an idea about a rocket project and my housemate mentioned to me, I'm going to build a rocket. I was like, oh, I also want to build a rocket. Um, so we went on and met the other students and ended up pitching to the university that we think there should be more students building rockets. I say that really easily, but I was again convinced that we would just hear a no. That wasn't the case. The university said, all right, show us what you can do. Nine months later, we were um, the best team in Australia, New Zealand, and won multiple international awards. And now, hopefully by the end of this year, we should be the first university in the world to launch past the Kármán line with a scientific payload. And that's a world first. As amazing as that sounds, and is, Meta's story doesn't follow the typical flight path. You see, long before Meta was launching rockets, her trajectory looked decidedly different. When I was 15, I was still in high school. Then I dropped out. So I spent a lot of my time working. I worked at a fast food joint. Could fry a really good hamburger and, and some chips as well, if you'd like, but rockets. That was definitely not it at that time. I was convinced, right, convinced myself that um, university was out of scope. Oh, I had a range of things I wanted to do, but they were always surrounding space. As a seven, eight-year-old, I wanted to be captain of a starship. I always had big ambitions, but whether or not that was going to be as an aerospace engineer or as an astrophysicist, I really enjoyed learning and I wanted to know more. My, my parents suggested that I should go meet my extended family. I have an aunt and an uncle and two cousins that live in Tasmania that I'd never met before. So I went over for three months. Those three months are still ongoing. Worked in a restaurant there as well. I did spend many nights probably looking at the Milky Way out there, which started my reconsideration of what I wanted to do and, in that sense, my, my love for space and aerospace. After staying with relatives in Tasmania, Merta's drive for adventure kicks in. She heads out by herself and goes north. And then decided I wanted to see more of Australia. Ended up on a cattle station outside of Biloela. It was a big step up to go from the girl that makes hamburgers to one that sits in the back of a horse in Western Queensland. I learned an enormous amount being out there, as well as hard work, getting up early mornings and doing stuff that I never thought I'd be able to do. If you would have told that same 15-year-old me that I'd be on a cattle station on the back of a horse learning how to crack a whip and chase cattle or put up fences, I don't think I would have even acknowledged that as a potential future here. Yeah. One of the, the farmers there had always like, oh, we'll just do it. Um, <laughs> just get on the back of that horse. Like, all right. But that same attitude actually has now applied to a lot of things where I was like, all right, well, maybe I should just do it is very disconnected from social media, the rest of the world. I had to walk about a kilometre to one little bench to get one bar of Telstra, but that meant that I had a lot of time to think. I would download a few books while I was out there and then read them, and all other time was basically spent thinking about what I really wanted to do. It was still going to university and it was still striving for bigger, better things, find a way to have an impact and make a difference. Uh, at one point, at that same bench on my phone when I was scrolling through degrees and universities decided that all of the arguments I could find in my head not to do it could be countered by the words from Al, the, the farmer, saying, well, I'll just do it. Like, what's, gonna, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say no, and then you try again, and then, yeah, we'll see what happens. So I did, and now I do build rockets. 
What's remarkable about Merta is her ability to think outside of the square. We're lucky in the sense that space is really broad. You need more than just engineers. So we've been really lucky. We've got people studying marketing and business that are like, oh, this is actually a new upcoming industry. This applies to me as well. Or the, the actual researchers, biomedical research students that are like, oh, payloads. That could do research for fighter jet pilots or that could do research for these microbes or what the effect of that acceleration is on this project. There's so many things that people can work on that we've definitely found that there's more and more people wanting to engage with this and wanting to work on something, which I think is great news for science and engineering as a whole. Merta, you've come so far already and you seem to have a really clear picture about where you're going. So what are your plans? Things started to think about my life less as as a trajectory that I should plan, which sounds ironic for someone that has to launch rockets, but I, I think I, I don't want to have too many expectations or restrictions by the very same token of what I want to do. If I silo what I want to do in a certain direction, then I lose a lot of other opportunities. And I've realised that those opportunities are endless um, if you just ask for them. Does that mean that I want to work for the European Space Agency? Perhaps. Does that mean that I want to work for, for one of the many upcoming Australian startups? Perhaps. <laughs> the opportunities are really broad and there's so many interesting things happening and there's so many challenges that we have around the world. Aerospace is just a small component in all of that. We're talking about energy or sustainability or international relations and globalisation in an area where the space industry is a big component and where we need to find new technologies. I think one of the main things I try to apply to this team and that I hope practically demonstrates as well is that the qualifications that you come from don't necessarily indicate where you can go in the future, right? Um, so if you're a first year and you're brand new and you want to contribute and you have great ideas, then we should listen to those ideas. We should engage with them and see how far we can take them. Yeah, I try to work with all of them, whether they're in first year, second year, into their PhD, and we take the skills that are valuable and allow for growth. Well, that brings us to the end of our 5 with 5 podcast series. Hopefully you've gained a nice insight into the world behind the world of some of these science and science-y people. Whether it was launching rockets with Myrta, uh, getting deadly with deadly science and Corey Tut, uh, birdwatching with the chief scientist Hugh Possingham, or maybe exploring university mathematics life in the 1970s with Cheryl Prager, or podcasting in New York with Wendy Zuckerman. It's great to see behind the curtain and peek into the world behind the world of all of these people. This podcast series was produced by the World Science Festival Brisbane and presented with Folklore Studio. And remember, it's not the only thing that's on at the festival. There's heaps of things, so check it out, whether it's online or in person. <laughs>